Oh, how absurd. Such a ridiculous. It was like so serious for 29 oh minutes. Oh my gosh. No, no, oh, no, no. In a awesome. very, very good great. way. No, no, we need more of that. Oh, yeah, Beatitudes. Welcome back to another great episode of the Beatitudes, a show for Christian men seeking to grow in their call and their walk with Jesus Christ through humor and holiness and all along the way experiencing that good old-fashioned authentic fraternity. Isn't that mm. right, Ooh, that gets me going. Yeah, my name's Jeff. My last name's Shufflebine. <laughs> I always slow that down because Jeff Shufflebine sounds like something completely different. Jeff Shufflebine. I'm joined by Nick Besner. That's me. I'm Nick Besner. <laughs> and I'm joined by Paul Kolker. Hi, yes. I'm going to be faster. <laughs> no negative words out of you today. Hi, yes. Let's get them. Yes, let's go for it. All right. Well, we uh, have been enjoying this show so much. I want to just put a plug out there. Something really neat is happening. There are thought leaders and there are Catholic heroes and there are men of just great stature that are reaching out, A, to support the show, B, to be on the show, C, to ask for these stickers. <laughs> that's the real reason we're talking about everybody you. wants I wanted, the stickers i wanted a sticker that's why you're here I wanted the we said only if you'll come on the show jeremy so i just want to encourage people that if you want to get engaged in the show we are rounding the corner heading into our late 30s something episodes right now pretty excited about that and all along the way it's just been a great journey and i just want to thank my co-host because i think most podcasts fail because people aren't cool um, <laughs> that's it. That's the one quality. I read a statistic. Often it's the unanticipated workload, I would think. But yeah, we're cool. I What I read when I read all the statistics was you got to be cool to make it. An, I'm interpreting whatever. Yeah, data. whatever the words and numbers said, that's what you took away. That's, that's important. Yeah, reading per, between the lines. Hey, you studied engineering. You know math and Excel and finance. Perception's reality. I know how to sell something. <laughs> Even if it's totally made up. Here we are. Hey, never let the facts get in the way of a cool story. That's Thank it. You, brother. That's Thank it. You. You, but you know, I will say this. In my life, I always strive to be directionally accurate. And we of are course. cool. That's that's a fact. Directionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our, the coolness vector is pointed in the right direction. Vector. You to go vector. With the, to go with the engineering. Coolness vector. <laughs> Which automatically, automatically cancels out. Any coolness I had was was reneged the moment I said vector. Coolness vector. Oxymoron. <laughs> like, what else? From a bunch of oxymorons. Uh, well, speaking of cool, I'm going to stick on that, not cool. moron. Yeah. I can't believe we get to sit here with my friend Jeremy Robinson. Welcome um, to the show. I, thank you. I don't feel very cool. What? I'm not as cool as you guys, but... You're, uh, wearing, you're no. wearing a killer t-shirt, and we're all wearing button-downs. One of us yeah. looks like they could go hang out with anybody, and the rest of us looks like we're getting ready to go back to work after this. <laughs> Which is largely true. <laughs> Jeremy, how do you think you ended up on this show? Where, how did we get to be with you today? Uh, that depends on who you ask. Uh, you know, you and I met a couple years ago. That's right. And uh, we were doing the... Um, what is that? The quarterly business business ethics yeah, forum. Business ethics forum. And uh, I'm good at the forum part. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you guys, ethic. I'll give you one for the ethics for ethics part, <laughs> not fart. The ethics part. Hey, and I'll give you some for the business. 
There we go. Besner, Bez, see? I see what you did Thank there. You. That Jeremy, was good. we interrupt our guests. No, 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 no. Oh, totally fine. fine. <laughs> no. It's yeah, kind of just, our shtick. I don't know. Uh, having just several coffee meetings and lunch meetings and you telling me what you're doing and starting up this cool podcast, you said, I hey, would you sworn ever- you were going to say, you tell me what I'm doing. Like, you, <laughs> Jeremy, here's what you're doing next. <laughs> yeah, let me get the list of what you told yeah. me I'm supposed to read. <laughs> so, no, you just... Um, you said we're we're doing these great things and would love to have you come on and tell your story. I'm like, absolutely. Well, you have a great story to tell, but I want to brag on you for a second. Um, which this is actually really weird because it involves me bragging on me. Um, <laughs> because of course, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> I tried to pay for the food. We we had a nice Mexican meal together, and I tried to pay for the police officers that were in there. It's it's like a thing. My wife and I said, first responders of any sort, let's just pay completely. We're not getting any credit for this with those two guys, just with the thousands of people that are going to hear this. So let's do it for no credit. <laughs> you, we need to show the air quotes somehow via... Those two guys will never know it was me. But I sure. couldn't get it out fast enough because Jeremy beat me to it. So oh. we split the payment and he was already... It wasn't like he was like, oh, me too. He was already in motion. Nice. Yes. And so we sounded like this weird, like double mint twins commercial, like, let us pay for the police officers. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's been something that's been very important in my life is always thanking those first responders. Yeah. Military police, firemen. Uh, I make it a point in my children's lives anytime they see one to go up and thank them. Yeah. Because I think it's a lot of people lose sight of the sacrifice that those families do for us. And to hear that from a kid, they know that that family's raising that kid out of a place of respect. You can watch their countenance change. You know, who knows what's going on, what they've right. just heard, what's going on in their personal life. You know, right. they also have bills to pay and, and drama going on in their lives. To hear that from a kid's a big deal. Right. And they don't need additional drama outside of the drama that they already deal with, you know, protecting and serving. So to do something nice, I think it just shows that, hey, there are people that still love you. Yeah. There are people that still support you and that, you know, back the blue, back the military, whatever. And um, those are values that I want my my children to to grow up in. So it's something my dad always did. And, you know, you always watch what your father does. Yeah. And, mm. you know, my dad was my hero growing up, still is my hero to this day. And, and I try to pass on those things to my children. So any military, any police, firemen, anybody that's on the front line serving, uh, just like you offered, it's like, I always do it without question, and I always ask the uh, waitress, waiter, don't say anything. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't about me. This is yeah. about thanking you. Man, that's uh, beautiful. Well, I think you – how many kids do you have? I have two. All right. Ages? I wish I had a lot more. <laughs> do you want some? I <laughs> You got some to spare? Yeah. How many – do you have some extra bedrooms? I would love to. No. <laughs> pawn a couple off here. I love my kids. That's actually a complete joke. I want four per bedroom. So I don't know how many that ends up being. That's math. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll put it in the spreadsheet. Especially the, <laughs> yeah. the vector broke. Um, two kids, ages? Eight and 10. All right. Perfect ages yeah. for forming young people. I think that any fathers or um, people who desire fatherhood in their life that are listening to this, like think about what Jeremy just talked about, right? This virtuous act that is not even the words, right? It's sometimes just the act of serving and caring for other people, showing love for other people. You pick up on that. You picked up on it from your dad. Um, I would love to hear about your journey. How did you grow up to become 
a guy who would be interested in sitting in a business ethics forum where faith and business issues are debated and are grappled with because we're all living in confusing times. We know what the ultimate teacher is, but how do we translate that sometimes into the most practical or the most difficult or the most career ending moments of our life? Like how did you go from childhood, Jeremy, to business ethics, Jeremy? And I don't know where to go with that other than yeah, I don't know. how that's, were you raised a, from a faith perspective? Uh, so I was raised in a, um, and I can remember five years old, uh, we went to the Methodist church. Mm-hmm. And when we were, I think it was like seven to nine, we went to the Lutheran. And then for the rest of my life until recently, uh, I was Assemblies of God, non-denominational side. Okay. So even There's two sides to Assembly of God. There is. You've okay. got the very structured, very legalistic, very traditional side. And then you have the uh, non-denominational, evangelical, uh, charismatic. Sure. And so I spent the vast majority of my adult life in the charismatic, evangelical. So, yeah. And then how does that play out in your life? I mean, obviously there's a conversion part to this. How, how does that translate if you can kind of pull us forward from first it sounds like you get a little bit of sprinkling of everything, then you get into this evangelical non-denomination sector. I just want to pull on that thread because I know a little bit about um, the way that you show up, how smart you are when we're in a group of men about what the Bible teaches us, who we're called to be, where that kind of comes in to discord with the way that we're you know, mostly living in America these days, but how were you formed? What happened after that? So my family is very, very um, spiritual. They would they would definitely not say they're religious, right? You know, spiritual is they've got a relationship with Christ, and they, you know, explained religion was that, you know, that's kind of the legalistic, you have to have a relationship with Christ, and you got to attain his favor by doing, doing things. Hmm. So I was raised in a very spiritual family, and so uh, it was always do unto others as you would have them do unto you, you know, the golden rule, and to always think of people in your life first above yourself. So I had a very good family, very, very good upbringing. I actually went to seminary uh, to become a pastor. Um, I actually am an ordained pastor still. But, you know, um, I think there's a... How long was that process to become an ordained pastor? Well, uh, do you want the, uh, the the quick answer or do you want the uh, the, the spiritual answer? Yes. Or, right. <laughs> quick the, quick uh, answer first. Yeah. And then, yeah. So uh, I actually ended up going to a seminary uh, here in the DFW area uh, for a couple of years. And they stopped the program that I was wanting to, to, to finish. Okay. And so I stopped going to the seminary. Um, so I never, I never got like ordained through this seminary, never joined a specific church. Uh, but my, my niece a couple years ago asked me to marry her. And so I had to become ordained. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the internet version. I went onto the internet and I submitted a couple of things and said, I do, I do, I do. I love Christ. And there I was ordained. Didn't matter. So yeah. I, I was ordained. Interesting. Yeah. So, but I think Just hope the printer doesn't run out of ink. That's right. That's right. So I, uh. I uh, did the wedding ceremony for my my niece, which was really special. But yeah, um, yeah I think you know where I'm at now. There, there's a, I think there's a period in every man's journey when he starts questioning what he believes and why he believes in it. Yeah, and I would say, <clears throat> I wouldn't say I, I, I wouldn't say that I had a uh, 
uh, somewhat of a spiritual crisis in my life. Um, I flat out had a spiritual crisis mm-hmm. in my life, and it was really interesting. So in 2014, I was really focused on drawing deep in my relationship with Christ. And the scripture, 1 Peter 3.15, struck me like uh, a bullet in the chest. And I've read this scripture a trillion times. You know? We're Catholic. Can you tell me what that is? <laughs> is that always be ready and willing to give a defense of your faith or the reason for your hope or to, something like that? To anybody good at job. any time. Okay, right? there we go. And I'll so, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he's a good Catholic. He's a good Catholic. So thank you, Paul. I missed that, those three and a half years in seminary. <laughs> that did help. That did help. Well, that scripture um, really had an impact on my life at at that moment because I said, outside of my testimony, I gave my life to Christ as a yep. kid. I love Him. He died on the cross, forgave me of my sins. You should know Christ. Well. I thought, you know what? That's not going to work for some people. Sure. There's going to be some intellectuals out there that are going to know why you believe what you believe. And they're not going to take the authority of the Bible as any valid authority to debate from. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, okay. Well, why do I really believe what I believe in? If I removed what my parents told me, would I still find myself being a Christian? And I'm like, <coughs> wow, okay. Well, Lord, I said, I want, I want to know you, not just with my heart, but I want to know you with my being. I want to be ready to give a defense to anyone, anywhere, for the reason of the hope that I have in my heart. Mm-hmm. Well, you said something at the beginning of the, the podcast, you're a salesman, you can sell anything. Well, when you think about sales, a good salesperson understands the antithesis of any argument yeah. because it's convincing a person that your position is the position that they need to take. And so I'm like, okay, well, that scared me a little bit. Yeah. Because if you're going to understand the antithesis of the spiritual argument, you're going to have to listen to people that really know what they're doing. And so I got scared. I got really, really, really scared. Um, anybody know Charles Templeton, Dr. Charles Templeton? Name sounds familiar. Because and, of you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you mentioned Dude, him. I, and yeah. I've actually gone back because of you and read some of this stuff. Okay. I keep going. Does anybody know Billy Graham? Sure. Now everyone knows Billy Graham. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because he's the, you know, the uh, revivalist, right? The right. guy that did all these massive conferences, you know, praise the Lord. I'm going to save as many souls as possible. Well, not very many people know Charles Templeton, but Billy Graham didn't start those revivals. Charles Templeton did. Mm. Billy Graham was Charles Templeton's right-hand man. And Charles Templeton, at one point during these revivals, said after he would get back and done and all these people saved for Christ, he would question whether or not he truly believed what he believed in. So he wanted to understand the the historicity. That's a word. Yeah. And he wanted to understand the, the, the context and the philosophy and the underlying root. Like, he really wanted to know Christ. So Billy Graham and Charles Templeton said, hey, well, I have an idea. We'll... If, if we get accepted into Oxford's theological seminary, we'll, we'll abandon this and we'll, we'll get our doctorates in theology. Hmm. Well, they didn't get accepted, but they got accepted to Princeton. And everybody knows Princeton's theological seminary is one of the greatest in the world. But it has a problem. It has a problem of deconverting a lot of Christians hmm. because they dive really hard into things that most Christians don't realize. And so Charles Templeton went, Billy Graham said, I'm going to stay. So he continued the revivals. Charles Templeton went and got his doctorate, Mm. and he deconverted. This was a man that 
you know, led many people to the Lord, and he deconverted. And his last memoir before he passed away was in the early 2000s. It was called Farewell to God. And I got terrified because here's a man that did the revivals with Billy Graham that had this intense relationship with Christ that lost his faith, lost his way. And I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm no one. I'm, I'm not a, a giant in this. I'm not, I'm not a revivalist. I'm not, I'm not a pastor, right? Well, if you've ever read his memoir, it's tragic and it's really sad. Hmm. The last interview that he gave on camera he stopped talking in the last minute, and the interviewer was like, are you okay? And Charles Templin started to cry. He said, what's wrong? He said, I miss, I miss Christ. Oh I goodness. miss my relationship with Christ. And that gives me goosebumps, right? Yeah. Well, there's a, second, there's a second man that terrified me in this journey of understanding the antithesis of the argument. And that is a man by the name of Dr. Bart Ehrman. Dr. Bart Ehrman was a Lutheran minister for 14 years. And he got to the same point. I want to understand Christ. I want to, I want to go deeper in my relationship and my faith because of 1 Peter 3.15. He goes to Princeton. He deconverts. Mm. He is now the leading authority teaching uh, the Doctorate of Philosophy and Theology at William or, uh, Chapel Hill. And he's considered the foremost authority on New Testament theology. And his whole shtick is I'm going to show you more than 3,000 contradictions in the Bible that prove that it is not the inerrant word of God. Hmm. And his, his goal is to deconvert people. And I'm like, Christ, Lord, with hmm. all of my heart, I can't go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. I, but I need to go down this rabbit hole. And I was terrified that I was going to lose my faith. So I got on my knees and I, was, I said, I've got a choice. I can take a red pill or I can take the blue pill. And I was like, okay, Lord. I said, your word says that if I, if I pursue you, if I chase you, if I seek you with all of my heart, I will find you. I'm asking for you to redefine your love in my heart from what I'm questioning. And I went down this rabbit hole. And um, I started listening to the great God debates. That's where I first started. Mm-hmm. And that's listening to all these great academics and prognosticators and philosophers and historians, the Christopher Hitchens, the Richard Dawkins, the Dr. Bart Ehrmans, the Dr. Tim McGrews, the Dinesh D'Souza's, the Robert Barron, Bishop Robert Barron's, mm-hmm. right? And so you hear their argument about why God doesn't exist, why you're a fool to think that Christ is a legitimate reason for faith. And I'm some of these arguments, like when they're going to the Bible on history and philosophy and science, and I was like, wow, that's really a, that's, that's hard to, combat. Sure. It's well-constructed too. I'm sure. I mean, <laughs> extremely well-constructed. And I started getting really scared because I'm like, I'm listening to these guys that were in my position that went to seminary, that became pastors, that were serving, loving, teaching people about Christ. And then they, I'm no longer a believer in Christ. And I'm like, oh what's going on? Yeah. Wait, real quick. Was Bart Ehrman, was he the one who was on the Stephen Colbert, the Colbert Report back in the day uh, I, being interviewed? And, and I believe so. Okay, because Colbert did a, a response to one of his arguments on on the air and like left him dumbfounded, and it was uh, about how the four gospels were basically the the different gospel writers were trying to grab onto a piece of a mystery that was bigger than themselves. Right, right, and so it's like four blind men trying to figure out what an elephant is, and one thinks it's spears, and yep. one thinks it's a snake, and all of that. I mean, but but they're all talking about something beyond them, and, and Bart Aaron was just kind of shaking his head like, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was the same. I think same it is. guy. But anyway, sorry. I mean, it's just it was an interesting moment that that, yeah. that 
one piercing analogy from the perspective of faith can actually leave all of that academic stuff kind of kind of grab grappling in the moment. Yeah. Well, what what changed in my in my journey of like really trying to understand and identify who Christ is to me. Like I knew the the spiritual aspect. I knew the the religious aspect. I just I wanted to know just a little bit more about Christ and in my life and understanding what history has said and what philosophers <clears throat> say and and it was <laughs> it was crazy. On a side note, uh, I was raised to believe that the Catholic Church, and this is funny, um, was the whore of Babylon. <laughs> it was a cult. It was not a Christian institution. Uh, there are many in the evangelical world. I wouldn't say all of them, but they sure. believe that the end times will be ushered in through the Catholic Church, like the second coming. Uh, you know, Satan will be personified through the Pope. I can't believe that I'm even saying sure. that. Like that's, that's literally, that's what I was raised to believe. Hmm. Catholics are not Christians. They worship Mary. They pray to the saints. They idolize everything else. And then they, Christ is like way down on the list. Sure. And so <clears throat> I heard one of the debates with Bishop Robert Barron. Yeah. And that was the first time. And I was so blown away not by what the guy knew, but how much love he just, I was, I said, I was speechless. Still, even today, I'm speechless when the guy talks. It's just like, wow, the anointing that comes from that man's heart is so strong. I was like, wait a minute, but you're Catholic, <laughs> yeah, you but can't. you're Catholic. You can't, you can't speak like that. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not a Christian, right? You, you don't, you don't believe the things that Christ said. You, you're all about Mary and the saints and everything else. And that started a massive seed of doubt in my, in my spiritual journey. And <clears throat> it was a couple years that I went through this spiritual. It was actually, it was eight full years of a spiritual crisis. Mm. Wow. But my spiritual crisis was about two years strong, where I was really reading everything and diving into it. But there were, there were five, five men that God strategically placed in my life. And it's crazy because I was on my knees and I'm like, God, I feel like you're slipping through my hands. Like, I feel like I'm losing you. And I, I said, I need, I need you in my life yeah. right now. I need you to help me because I can't, I can't think like this Catholic guy. And I'm afraid of what I'm, what I'm seeing. I'm afraid of what I'm finding out to be the truth. I said, I need you to bring men in my life to reiterate what's true in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he brought five men. They were all Catholic. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were all Catholic. <clears throat> and their lives were so incredible. It wasn't the words that they said. It was the lives that they led that spoke so much more truth to me. And when I would ask questions, they would give me answers, and I would go back, and I would be terrified because it spoke truth to my heart. It resonated with me, and I would start reading more about this, I'd start asking questions. Well, why Mary? Why this? Mm. Why that? Why, why the saints? Why, why praying this way? Why, why the sacraments? Like that was a word that I've, that I've rarely ever heard in my Christian life, the sacraments and like the sacrament of reconciliation. I don't, I don't need to go to a priest to get forgiveness of my sins. That's ridiculous. Christ oh. died on the cross. I just ask for my forgiveness and it's done. 
And I started seeking out the truth behind that. Mm-hmm. And it was um, last year. It was actually last last Easter. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in my life where one of my good friends that was um, that God strategically placed in my life. He said, "Man, we've we've come this way. It's been seven years now. It's like what's holding you back?" And I told him, "I said fear. Yeah, mm. fear of what? I'm like because I'm leaving everything that I once thought was true." Yeah. And I'm going to be walking away from everything that my family told me was true. And I'm going to have a very, very, very hard, I don't want to say life. But it ain't the easy path. It's, yeah. It was really it was really hard and tough because I knew I was going to lose friends. I knew I was going to lose family. I knew I was going to lose yeah. this. But I was on my way home. I passed by St. Francis of Assisi, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, now is the time. And so I whipped a U-turn, pulled right into the parking lot. Never been there before in my life. I'm op- I'm trying to open up every single door. They're all locked. Right? <laughs> I, I, I finally walk in. I'm like trying to find somebody in this church. And the guy walks around the corner. I was like, okay, what's it, what's it take to become Catholic? <laughs> Why don't just lay it out He's there? like, it's 11.59 p.m. <laughs> no, the guy takes me into an office. He's like, how'd you get in here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Security. Yeah. But I literally I asked him. His name was Deacon Greg. I said, how do I become Catholic? He said, well, tell me a little bit more about what you're looking for. Like, why why are you asking this? Yeah. I told him my whole thing. He said, well, buddy, we've got an RCIA coming up. I had no clue what that was. <laughs> four, four I thought letters. it was like, yeah, oh, I thought it was weekend, like, A weekend sign up. <laughs> yeah, no, not even that. I thought it was just like one night. Hey, we're going to do this. Oh, this the is online what you believe in. I'm in I'm like, <laughs> I am an internet <laughs> pastor right yeah. now, sir. Do, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> I've checked, yes, several times online. <laughs> Had I known that it was like a year-long process, yeah. I that probably wouldn't have done that. But oh, I was wow. like, I'm already yeah. here. I'm yeah. already in. I got to do it. You made it through the locked door. so I made it through the locked door. Knock <laughs> and the door shall be opened. <laughs> or okay, they'll come around the grounds and find you. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot so going cool. on here. Um, I, I don't want to, to tie this up too quickly, but I'm very curious. So you go through RCIA. You're saying... Easter, two Easter's ago, so this would have been 2022. Correct. You come into full communion with the Catholic Church. Correct. What was that like for you? What was that experience? Um, it was intense. I'll tell you the first time I, um, the first time I took mass, uh, I cried. Yeah. It was it was insane. I didn't think that I would, but it was um, the peace that I felt. Uh, whenever I took the Eucharist and what it meant and everything that I had learned, everything that I had tied up over the last seven to eight years, understanding that it was, that struggle was, was a purpose. Mm. And, um, I, I even, I'm an emotional guy. Anybody that knows me, they, they all know I'm, I'm an emotional guy, but even, even mass on Sunday, this last Sunday, I just cried. I'm like looking around. I'm like hoping like people aren't just staring at me. And we got tears rolling down my I eyes. I hope it's they just, are. Oh, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> no, what a witness though, because I always yeah. tell people like, we have a friend coming. I'm going to say a friend, a bartender from three weeks ago is coming to mass with me this coming up Sunday. We talked about faith at the bar. Mm. I followed up last night and he said, I just gave up on God because he hadn't answered me in three weeks. I go for a walk to shake it off and say, I'm done asking questions. And I come back to your email sitting here with a Bible verse <laughs> and an invitation. I'll see you at St. Anne on Sunday at 10 a.m. So, I mean, wow. My wife is in tears because she's the one at the bar that when he walked off, she goes, that man needs to, to hear what you have to say. So when he comes back here, you help him. 
connect him to the people you know. And the person that we connected him to is Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you this because if somebody can get into mass, just let's just take the complete stranger that walks into mass for the first time and they see Jeremy being moved by the holy sacrifice of the mass, being moved by the grace that abounds even when you are sitting in prayer and not even yet receiving the Eucharist, you're showing them the truth of what's happening in the mass that they don't have to comprehend. It's the blind elephant. They, they know there's something. They know they can feel something. They don't have to understand all of it to know, I can see that this man knows something that I want. Well, it's a witness of faith. I mean, it's an embodied witness of faith that, yeah, okay, there's there's somebody who's believing and moved, and, and I mean, it's it's a powerful witness. I will tell you, I'm I'm not sure had I been a cradle Catholic if I would have the appreciation that I have now. I I think it's because of the struggle and the questions that I asked. Like, I want to know, yeah. I want I want to know why the churches are built the way they are. I want to know why the priest wears his garments. The, the spiritual armor. Like I, I watched how a priest puts on his, his garments and his robes. What's, what's the altar for? What's the, what are the candles for? What are all the stages of the cross? What are the stained glass? What, yeah. Why is the church organ? And everything was in preparation for your worship and the holy acceptance of mass. And I loved the fact that this, this really sold me as well, that you're, you're participating worldwide, same thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have a pastor that's just picking a few scriptures out that's trying to, you know, give you a nice motivational, you know. You're you're reading the same New Testament, yeah. the same Old Testament. You're reading the same words of Christ. In unity is one family, and you're receiving that word from a priest on apostolic succession. Now, mm-hmm. that's something I did know. But understanding the power of the apostolic succession yeah. all the way back to you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. That's I, I, my saint was Saint Peter, ah. and the reason is because uh, Peter denied Christ. Mm. Peter denied Christ, and yeah. it was it was when he when he was on the shore, you know, cooking the oh, yeah. the fish. fish yeah. Peter recognized immediately, yeah. and it's like that abandonment, that love, but also that you know, you've had that doubt. Like I've no doubt many Christians have rejected Christ daily in their life, but it's, it was just powerful. Yeah. I got to think that when Peter saw the Lord on the the shores of Galilee there, that he was like, I've walked on water before I can handle this. (laughs) But then he just splashes into the water, has to swim his way back. No, that is beautiful though. Thank you. Jeremy, there's a lot to unpack here. And of course, I'm so blessed that our show has both this show and the bonus show that we're going to have with you. So we're going to keep unpacking this, but um, right now we need to unpack some points. So we're <laughs> going to make a transition here, nice. if you will. Yeah, this is uh blessed are the joke makers uh, for they shall inherit 85 points, 85 points. Oh my, this is a big one, Jeremy. This is a big one. And yeah. you as the judge better recognize that 85 points is a big deal to us. We're getting towards the end of season you got one. It. Well, there's a little bit of pointflation going on here, so <laughs> just throwing that out there. No, um, all right, so what we have to do is we have a character card that we're going to have to respond to the Catholic card game question as that character. So I feel uh, like this has been so, like, uh, spiritually heavy that I is. need to get back to um, my get normal. Some <laughs> <laughs> 
you dial that up real quick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right, you, get, so. you get what's about to happen. Yes. We're going to press a button, and then you're going to hear us say some stuff. One of us might be better than the others at something. Uh, yeah, or or if it just tickles your funny bone the right way, whatever, it's it's fine. It's You don't it have to have a reason for why you're or picking it. Or out of pure it. sympathy, yeah. you can give it to the current <laughs> leader. <laughs> you fucking never say anything. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, that is too too much fun. Okay. Down. All right. Whoa. Not yet. Not yet. False alarm. All right. Here we go. The character card is a sour school teacher. <laughs> That's an interesting. And the question we have to answer is, youth ministers love talking about blank. They just love talking about how they make so much more money than we do. <laughs> Youth ministers love talking about how their praise and worship and teen life and all the things that they're doing over there are just so much better than what they're learning in class. You know, you got to sit there and do their homework and all that. It's unbelievable. Youth ministers like to talk about how they are forming young men, but I know a guy named Dr. Bart Stimson or something that went off and got deconverted <laughs> because of them youth ministers somewhere in a place called Templeton. University. <laughs> Did you say Bart Simpson? Yes. <laughs> yes. That was uh, My stick is uh, just try to relate it back to the guest and stuff. That, that was pander- pandering. That was good. Pandering. Yeah. Pandering is great. Well, no, it's just like relational, right? It's, oh yeah. Yeah, Keep I thought going. pandering is what they do when they ask you for money on the subway. But uh, Jeremy, <laughs> um, <laughs> handling. Who's the winner? How, ma- how many points does this? Eighty-five, 85. and two. The victor go the spoils. Uh, I would have to say Jeff. You. you yeah. Panhandling for the win. It's gonna be your. That's gonna be your. It was the Bart Simpson. Yeah. Right. It's gotta be your biggest Somebody win. Somebody named Bart Simpson. Pretty sure I said. <laughs> Dr. Bart Simpson. <laughs> Y'all, I, I've, I've been working on my accent. <laughs> you have. It's not as nearly Australian as it I used to know. be. No, I've actually been picked on online for that, which is getting a little trolly. Hey, for being our celebrity judge, you're going to get some socks from Soccer Religious, and I know you don't have these. These are the Day of the Dead. Dias de las Muertes. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> Spanish. Is Spanish your first language, Jeff? That's amazing. Those socks yes. are going to cause people to say, you really went off the deep end with this Catholicism conversion. I, I, I totally do. Totally do. These are great. Those Thank are you awesome. very much. Awesome. Yeah. And for you Beatitudes who are looking for your next pair of socks from Soccer Religious, go to SoccerReligious.com slash Beatitudes for 10% off and get the same socks as Jeremy. So if you ever run into him, you can say, hey, bro. Where are your socks? <laughs> <laughs> Lift that pant leg. Show your socks. <laughs> That's what they say. Lift that pant leg. We'll see you after <laughs> the break. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're sitting here with Jerry Rom- Jeremy Robinson. Sorry about that. Fumbling, okay, over, fumbling over my Jerry, words today. Jeremy. 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 I didn't do enough uh, warm-up in, in prep. <laughs> in uh, all of our extensive prep. <laughs> in our red leather, yellow, yellow leather. leather prep. We also just ate fajitas was our prep for the show. <laughs> That's right. Um, anyways, uh, Jeremy Robinson of Cardboard Spaceship. That's I love right. that. Um, do you fly a lot? <laughs> well, for travel, on the spaceship, y- yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I guess. Um, where does that name come from? Uh, well, we went through a uh, full rebrand here last year. Uh, the company okay. was formerly known as Tribe Films, 
And uh, when I took over the company a few years ago, uh, the first thing that I did was a competitive analysis. And I pulled up a trillion production companies that had some form or iteration of the name Tribe in it. Mm. And there are a lot of very large companies with the name Tribe in it. Interesting. Mm. And I said, you know, uh, for... I want I want continuity of our own brand. I want our own voice. I want our own image. So I decided to go ahead and rebrand it. So we we hired a company in Dallas, told them you know what we wanted in a name, uh, told them kind of the underlying passion that we do, and they they brought a, a number of names to us. And uh, when I saw when I saw that name, all of my partners, I love well. it. Yeah, it's kind of it's sophistication and imagination. Yeah. It, well, and it captures that whole childlike joy of imagining things and coming up with things. That's right. And, you know, you, I'll let you take over. I, I don't want to continue well, let me, on that side. Like, for everybody who's listening, because I know we're going to dive in on the bonus show about Cardboard Spaceship, you are what? Just You're not just a film production. It's more, or is it? We, we are film production. Okay. So anything that you see visually, uh, commercials, branded content, documentaries, narratives, awesome. anything that you see visually. So the name you say, you know, kind of like childlike wonder. Yeah. Anything that you see with your eyes, it's artistic, right? What you see moves you. What you hear moves you. That's the reason why advertising is is so big and commercials are so big. So, mm. you know, we we wanted to have that that mix and mash of creativity but imagination. We didn't want to be just another film company or a commercial company out there that's producing videos. Anybody can yeah. do that with a camera. They can do any of that. But it's, it's the companies that think outside of the box, or better yet, we like to say recreate the box. Um, we want to transcend the limitations that we as adults place on ourselves for creativity. And we wanted to create something that truly spoke to whatever brand, service, product, or company that we were shooting for. And we wanted to be able to push that to the edge. And so Cardboard Spaceship was kind of a, a nice name, nice ring to it. We're ready for you to start working on the Beata Doc about <laughs> the launch of what has been come to be known as America's World's Funniest, America World's Funniest <laughs> Catholic Men's Podcast. For we, we is articulate. <laughs> That's why we need your help. <laughs> we, need, we need a sort of a, re, a brand identity, not a rebrand, but a, yeah. What are you talking about? The, the Beata dudes. This, that, that's amazing. It's pretty legit. Wow. It's okay. Legit. I really, I was, just, I was fishing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I mean, if you could be in our company meetings for the Beata dudes, it's mostly this. We nailed it. <laughs> it's just a big pat Boy, on the back did, session. I heard somebody else say we nailed it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Incredible. I, I was, was that so person. <laughs> our group chat us. is just a like button that keeps going. <laughs> and we're liking, liking. Yeah. We've almost broken slack. <laughs> I love it. It's like yeah. it's like Jeff's like Nick, I nailed it. <laughs> I nailed Every it. point I did, nailed I it. thought it was so good. <laughs> you know what my favorite part was when I nailed it again, and then you nailed it. Boom. <laughs> you want me to take it from here? So we're gonna uh, do the Beatitudes question of the day. It's called the TBD question, okay, or TBD deck of questions. I'm really articulate today. TBDD. <laughs> TBD squared. Thank you, Paul. Yes. Deck. Paul is the voiceover to what I'm actually thinking. <laughs> what am I thinking right now, Paul? I officially nailed it with the <laughs> Beatitudes deck. <laughs> you are very good at this. So good. All right. So the question that we're all four going to answer for this, and these are usually introspective, is on a previous show, 
We actually asked the question, give us a moment of fight or flight. It is really strange to see four men all pick a moment of fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. None of us wanted to. Well, was I, like, I was the one that actually backed down. Yeah. <laughs> and I ran. <laughs> the boys to men cover? No, I ran so far oh, away. Oh, that one. Yes. I couldn't get away. Who is that? Stop. <laughs> You're going to the 80s. That's what it is. I am in the 80s. I didn't go I anywhere. am the 80s. Gen X. <laughs> There's a point to this. Ah, yes. Today, no one's allowed to talk about their fight and their stepping up to. This question is all about reflecting on a time when you ran away. And so this could be <laughs> figuratively or literally or whatever. And running away is actually in many times the best option. So there are plenty of times that flight was the appropriate or best response given the circumstances. I'm going to put you on the spot, Nick. What yeah, you got? no, I've got one. Um Right before senior year in high school, took a trip to New York City with my um, a few classmates and some other high school kids, and we were staying in this hotel. First time in New York, no parents or you know just chaperones. Like my parents weren't there, and uh, we had gone up the stairwell to hang out with some other kids in a different room on a different floor. And as we went back down to our room, there was this empty or open briefcase with contents strewn about and remind you like I'm from a town of a thousand people. Yeah. There's more people in this building than my hometown. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> in the middle of New York city as a 17 year old. And we're like, what just happened in, in this creepy dimly lit, let me add stairwell in the middle of New York city. Uh, let's get the heck out of here. And we ran and got back into our room and it was like, what is happening? Then we heard somebody in the hallway, like with loud voice and like something was definitely, yes. definitely going down. And we just stayed locked, stayed quiet. Like you chose correctly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was the time I flighted. Flighted. Great job. Made that sound so much more active though. Flighted. Yes. Yes. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. It does sound stronger to flight your way out of something. <laughs> I didn't flee. <laughs> well, so actually it is interesting though. I remember, um, and yes, I know this makes me sound like I want to just talk about fighting, but doing martial arts, they taught us that retreating can be just attacking backwards mm. because you want to get out of maybe a, a desperate situation and, and free yourself up actually to either strike from a place of confidence or strength or yeah. whatever it is. But that it's not it's not pure cowardice to actually leave it's tactical it's tactical yeah. yeah you're not just fleeing because you're scared it's like no maybe maybe this isn't the best situation i didn't know you did martial arts i did yeah for 4 years slap foo that was that yeah. hey <laughs> he has a move that he does for some of our guests when he wants them to be quiet and he can somehow hyperextend his leg and kick you sideways right now <laughs> <laughs> under, under the table. Yeah. It requires yeah. medical attention the older I get, though. So, You don't get any belts for that. Can I ask you a comedy question? Yes. Isn't there a play for improv in this? Like you have the belligerent drunk and you have to do the retreat move. Self-deprecating like, humor. Yeah. yeah you're so, kind of bringing it out to take it away. In a lot of ways, yeah. You're, you're sort of agreeing with the fact that this person is being aggressive by... By playing the character as a lower status character, right? Like, oh, I guess that's all I deserve, you know, or I mean, that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden they realize it. <laughs> they realize pretty quickly that like, oh, gosh, yeah, I'm, I'm being a jerk in front of all these people. Yeah. It, it ends up being mm -hmm. a wake up call sort of move. And, yeah. and it's not an aggressive one. Yeah. When they are like, I'm being a jerk, you say. My job here is done. <laughs> and then I disappear <laughs> in smoke. <laughs> um, no, um, but but yeah, so flighted a uh, couple. 
these are both very short, but just a couple of times that I, that I flighted one was actually a high school trip. Um, we had gone to New Orleans for a swim team trip. And so I, w- I went to Jesuit in North Dallas and we were swimming against the Jesuit New Orleans school down there. Coolest thing, right? You know, as, as teenagers, like go on this road trip and we're, you know, in a bus and all this and get down there and, and, and it was competitive and it was great, but we did get to walk around chaperoned, but we got to walk around, you know, parts of New Orleans and, and there's a lot of voodoo stuff and whatever there. And mm-hmm. some of the guys were like, Oh, that says don't touch this altar thing, whatever. And mm. the, like they went and, and I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm out. And I just, I left that alone. And, um, they, they had like these kind of scary stories, whatever afterwards of like lights flickering and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, better that I that I stayed away from it. Maybe, yeah. maybe they were embellishing. I don't know, but I was just like, you know, just don't even touch it. Don't even stay near that. So. You chose wisely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, Con- Confucius said. <laughs> That's you it. You chose wisely. <laughs> no, but, uh, and then the other one was something I actually learned in seminary from being too hot-headed. Um, mm. I, uh, just real brief story, and it, it wasn't, it, it was one of those hard knocks sort of moments where, um, I didn't like what somebody had said in an email and he was, he was technically a superior. He was not the head of the seminary, but he was a head of me. And, um, and I responded like way too intensely. Just, I was not, I was not happy with the way he had handled something. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to push back on this, whatever. And uh, I had to learn the hard way that, yeah, you know, um, sometimes it's good to step back from the email after you read it. And uh, <laughs> do not hit send. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you, you could write it, but maybe don't even put their name in the subject line. For the or, just in case. Yeah. yeah, yeah just in case you might hit send. Yeah. yeah. And did you send it? I have done. Uh, well, that first yeah. one I did. That's the one I okay. had to learn the hard way. Do you know yeah. what they caught us with is about four or five years ago that if you didn't put their name in the subject, but you accidentally put like at their name and it like auto-filled it because oh. you're writing in the, in the oh, like oh Microsoft gosh. got so smart. You're like, I didn't mean to send that to you. <laughs> that yeah. was for me. Schedule for later. <laughs> I've gotten in the habit of, if if you've got a, an email that's questionable, I just take out the two so it's mm-hmm. blank. Yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. then it, take out the subject line yeah. and then write the email. And then delete the email. Like and just, delete the just email. a blank email. Or just copy and paste it into a Word document. That way you have... Yeah, you know, that's just even, smarter. You just, just write it in Word. Yeah. yeah. I actually... Yeah, Nick saw I me do, do this the other day. I wrote an email two months ago and I had to use it this past week. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you... But you got to sit on it and oh, at least yeah. determine if it was the right move to make. And, you know, parts of it were not iambic pentameter and that's <laughs> my only style, so... <laughs> I wanted to make sure. Okay. You needed to run it through chat GPT and just make sure it checked out. Chef GPT, GPT. Is so awesome. Yeah. Chef GPT. I'll tell you, I got into the habit. If I question an email or its tone or the intent i always ask somebody else to read it yeah, yeah. that's a good habit. for me like, if hey, i man, question it i just stop because i know i'm questioning it for some <laughs> reason and i shouldn't have that question yeah. Yeah, i write perfect Anyways. emails <laughs> you nailed it nailing it <laughs> i am officially I am nailing, nailing it, it. <laughs> all right so uh speaking of nailing it, here's a time that i almost didn't nail it uh my honeymoon was in tanzania we went for 10 days and looked at animals it was incredible like a, a photo safari Day one in the Serengeti, we're checking into our tent, which means the guy's carrying our bags to our tent. My wife has her lemonade. We're walking. I have a nice camera. I take a picture of her and three elephants behind her. She's smiling. And the guy's like unzipping our big tent. And the elephant starts running. And I said, sir, sir. And he looks up and he goes, run. And I'm taller and faster than him by a mile. And my wife is 5'4 and (laughs) holding her lemonade. And I'm like, I'm about to outrun my wife and this guy from this charging elephant. So as we're running, I think 
what do I always want to do in a movie? And I want that girl to stop carrying her wine or her lemonade. Yeah. So I just slap her hand <laughs> so I could get rid of it. And I just pull her. And it's like all brush. Like, run where? Yeah, like, right. right. This thing has four legs. I don't, can't you outrun only it. Have two. I can only outrun her. And I'm like, That's this is a dumb two times honeymoon. As many legs. It is. <laughs> this, yeah, honeymoon. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff proves he's nailing it with the old college speed. Like, so we run, and then they pull up later with jeeps and stuff, and they're like, "Would you guys like a different tent?" And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> and they said, "Well, just so you know, an elephant that's trying to scare people makes a lot of noise, and that one was trying to kill you, because it didn't make any noise." So later, when people would take pictures of elephants right by our little family-style dinner, Amanda and I would get up and just walk off like. We don't like these elephants. <laughs> <laughs> they seem pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to do a series on LinkedIn called The Five Times That Nature Tried to Kill Me, and that's one of them. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Well, cool. Honeymooning in Tanzania is intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honeymooning in Tanzania is in heated tents. No, they were heated. I just wanted oh. to throw it in there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty neat. Hey, Jeremy. Yes, sir. You know, this question jumps out at me in a big way because you have um, inspired me a lot with your stories, but also with the way I have that, that tendency you, with you people. do. You're an inspirer. <laughs> <laughs> you have pretty big biceps too. Like the rest of us have on long sleeves. <laughs> yeah. Go to youtube.com slash Jeremy's biceps. Oh, the, added, Jeremy's the biceps. underscore added, Does he have add, a channel dedicated? Jeremy's biceps. Please don't go to that YouTube channel. I don't look that up. I cannot endorse that. Yeah, fair. Whew. Okay, one time uh, you were telling me a story about, you know, in a business setting when you felt the need to get out in the name of everything you believe in. And I would love for you to share that with this this group. Talking about the New York trip? Oh, yeah. Oh, At, you know, New York is a theme here. New York, wow. New Orleans. Yeah. If it starts yeah. with new, it ain't good. Yeah. <laughs> right. We need the old Everything stuff. Everything that's new is bad again. Yeah. Look so, at these old biceps. Oh. <laughs> Making me feel insecure here, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I was in the finance industry, hedge fund industry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, raising capital on, in the corporate sense, it's... Um, I don't want to say it's it's not a, a the greatest industry, but, um, but it's yeah, not we, the greatest industry. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, I'm glad that that uh, is behind me. But I was um, courting this very large institution. Um, you all would know ex exactly who it is, but we'd been courting this institution for quite a while for a sizable allocation, and this uh, manager that we were. Uh, talking to and having relationship with. I mean, you build the relationships over the course of, you know, years. Sure. I mean, nobody makes an allocation just like that. And so anyway, it was in New York and he was like, hey, let's go to dinner. I'm like, sure, absolutely. We go to dinner and after it's done, he says, hey, I got something special for you. And I keep in mind, here's the caveat. This guy knew everything about me. Yeah. The guy knew my spirituality. He knew my, my family. He knew that I'm above reproach. You know, I love my family. My family is first and foremost, everything in my life yeah. is God family. And, and then my business, so this guy, it, it's not like somebody that didn't know me. He knew exactly, mm -hmm. you know, who I was. I always made fun of uh, growing up. You know, I was, a, you know, they called me the boy scout because I never wanted to mm -hmm. do anything wrong. I yeah. always wanted to do things right. So I was mm -hmm. always made fun of. It's also important to note that throughout my entire adult career, uh, life, I should say, um, I've never been to a strip club. Don't want to go to one. Yep. Right. I just, it's one of those things that just don't cross. 
Um, I'm married. I don't want to disrespect my wife. And I'm not afraid to tell people that. I've yeah. been made fun of in almost every corporate sense when everybody goes out to, uh, you know, strip club or doing stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm going to take a rain check. I'm going to go back. What do you mean you're going to go? Come on, hang out with the guys. I'm like, man, I love my wife too much to do that. I don't, I, I don't need to do that. And then you, getting made fun I'm of clapping for ensues, you. right? Well, this guy goes, hey, I got something special for you. I want you to pulse out $300. And I'm like, all of a sudden, my red flags are going up. And I'm like, why? He's like, we're not doing anything nefarious. I said, it's not a strip club. No, 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 no. We're just, it's $300. It's this awesome bar. It, you'll love it. You'll love it. And you know, in New York City, if you go anywhere, you know, they got bottle service. Sure. You know, a lot of times just to get in, you got to pay. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, as long as it's not a strip club, I'm not going to be anywhere. It's going to be questionable. Sure. Um, he's like, I was like, where is it? He goes, I'm going to surprise you. I'm like, man, dude, you got to tell me where we're going before I commit to this. He's like, just, you have to trust me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. Right. This one time I'm going to trust you. So we, we go pulse out this money and we pull up to this place and there's a bouncer out front and windows are blacked out. I'm like, is this a dance club? It's like, I'm dude, I'm too old for a dance club. I don't, I don't need to go do this. He's like, no, it's just a bar. So my heart's racing a million mm -hmm. miles per hour. My spidey senses are going Something's off. Something's off. Right. Something is totally off. We go in, guy checks the IDs. I walk in to another set of doors. I'm like, why do you have to have a second set of doors? <laughs> right? You got Come velvet on. ropes this for your velvet not, ropes. This, this is not right. It's Open up the other lock. door and it's a very well-decorated, you know, environment. It's really posh. It's upscale, super nice. I didn't see anything immediately that caught me off guard. Until I like look at the bar, I see a bunch of dudes. Mm -hmm. And I look to my left and I see a tremendous amount of tens, perfect tens. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. There is too big of a ratio of really good looking women with very abnormally looking dudes. I mean, I was an exception to that rule. I mean, I made the like, <laughs> I, I way better. You were nailing I it way still. better. And I'm like, this doesn't look right, but they're all dressed in like really nice and mm. stuff. So he's like, okay, I'm going to get a drink and go to the bar, order a glass of wine. And he goes, hey, I'm going to use the restroom. I don't know how much detail. I know this is a family. I would keep it PG, but you can share enough that it's clear. Okay. I'm standing at the bar. And I just happened to kind of look over to the side and I'm still trying to check this place out to get a sense of what it does. Well, there yeah. was a silk curtain that you could see through and there was another seating area on the other side and couches and chairs and everything. And I see this guy with this, I thought it was his wife. And in one motion, the lady took her dress off. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like I immediately like freaked yeah. out. Mm. And as I'm watching this spectacle, freaking out, this blonde steps right into my view. And I'm like, she goes, hello. I was like, what are you? She goes, no, who are you? I said, no, what are you? <laughs> she goes, anything you want me to be. I turned right around to the bartender and I said, check. I slammed money down, didn't even wait for the receipt. Yep. Went straight out of that place. Wow. And the very first call I made was to my wife. I Amen. was shaking. Amen. I said, hey, sweetheart, this is where I'm at. This is what just happened. Here's what I'm doing. My wife was like, love you, babe. Love you, love you. I love you, love you. Right? The second call that I made was to my boss at that time, which was a very good Catholic man. And I said, hey, man, this is where I'm at. This is who I'm with. This is what just happened. And I just walked out on him. Good. And my boss said, 
good for you. We don't need their money. Go back to your hotel. Nothing is worth money. And wow. so I had that flight. I'm like, man, I am not doing this. I am not compromising this character. I love my wife too. I, I was just sitting there thinking, can you imagine what my wife would have felt? Mm. Well, on behalf of the Beatitudes, Beatitudes, I'll tell you, you chose wisely. I nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, this has been amazing, but there's something we have to finish with. The Simpsons, which is my second reference today, starts every episode differently. We, like uh, Bart Simpson, we actually end every episode differently. And so we're going to do something special today. And I'm going to need you all to narrate this for the people that are listening at home and not watching at home. So we're going to do something called Silly Soda Sampler. (laughs) All right. So what's going to happen is this is actually a competition for you guys as a team. I have three sodas here. They're completely covered. Soda A, soda B, (laughs) soda C. Amazing. Is this going to be like puke flavored? I promise you it's not. (laughs) And I want to tell you something. I'm also going to participate in the drinking of it so you can tell that I didn't buy like puke or bar for Okay. Ralph, or whatever other versions of that <laughs> word you have. Yeah. Um, so I want you to know that they are actual names of things that you would have as part of uh, your delightful dinner, meal, <laughs> dessert, whatever sure. it is. Um, so I'm going to be opening these, pouring these in shot glasses. also brought some nice Trappist beer because I'm not sure what this is going to be like for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Something and to for, wash it down. And for me. So if you could do the Ooh. honors, Paul, and open up the Trappist beer. And I am going to need you all to narrate oh, nice. a little bit while I'm doing yes. this on how you're Chimay. feeling right now as I get us this all ready. This is Chimay Red. This stuff is delicious. And Trappists know how to make some really good beer. Love Chimay. What's the best Chimay is the Royal, uh, the Grand blue, Reserve. The blue one? The blue, blue one. Grand Reserve. Yeah. Grand yeah. Reserve? Does it yeah, it's right Grand Reserve. That's right. All right. There's like a three this. different drinks total, so it. each of you has to have three shot glasses. Just got all kinds of shot glasses. Yeah. Down. Yeah. This is and, incredible. And here's the good news. I didn't buy you an entire bottle you have to finish. Um, I also have cups for your beer so that we can all split the Look at this. Uh, goblets, the goblet's coming back. <laughs> Guys. Second second appearance in season one. I ha- I have this weird <laughs> obsession with like thinking, how can we finish the show? And so here beverages. I was. <laughs> beverages. People are like, you know, the things you're doing on air don't compute for uh, audio podcast. You know what? <laughs> They're wrong. Okay, I'm going to be... (laughs) (laughs) Well, they have a point. I don't know that they're... I'll pour all of them into this one and then pass these out. I don't know why I already gave you your shot glasses. I kind of need them back. But okay, so if you could, Nick... Describe what you're seeing. Yeah, here so Jeff's pouring a. pouring uh, ale or I'm sorry, soda ale. soda number one. Okay, so uh, out of a it's feel blue, free to blue. start getting your uh, fizzy. wafting um, fizzy. Oh, go. that's got a caramel a caramel color and a little bit of a caramel flavor. What do you think? Maybe like here? a maple Paul's maple syrup. Oh, that tickles tickles the nostrils. Ta- it smells a bit. I'm gonna a drink bit. a little oh, bit like while we're talking. Syrup. Yeah, I bet it is a syrup. It's like a yeah. Maple. I'll keep going because what? Oh, I didn't tell you this. Ten points for each one you get right as a team, so it would be ten points for each of you. Got it, Jeremy. Oh. You don't have points yet. A lot of points. We all drank at the same time, which is oh yeah. Mm. Oh, mm. That's that's yeah. a maple syrup. I'm maple syrup. Maple syrup. Maple syrup. Yeah, I think we're unanimous. Yeah, maple. So we're cream going soda. maple cream soda. Yeah. All right. The correct answer on this one is not maple cream soda, but you're all going to get five points because it is bacon with maple syrup. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. So we were we maple were syrup. Almost there. there. The bacon. Right. Yeah. The bacon doesn't really come it's through. It's subtle. The problem is the bacon was oh, the, the bacon. primary ingredient, mm. and you guys chose the accent ingredient. Are, are the bacon so bits don't, down in the bottom of that cup? They are. They settled. <laughs> don't uh, don't accidentally um, okay. mix up your cups because you're supposed oh, to be drinking God. cups. Next. Next oh, B now. Next cup. cup B, B, B might be orange. your main course. Um, a, you might call it. Mm. So it's like spice. It's got it. some spice, some zest, something citrus. That is pretty strange since I know what it is to even taste that. Oh, that's. It, I don't then, even know how to. It's like missing. It. It, it doesn't have a sweetness like I thought it would. Tastes like S- spice. I can't. Just tastes yeah. like spice. Well, keep going with that thought process. Since I do know what it is, I'm allowed to give you. Is it just some hints here? Paprika like, juice. Paprika juice is pretty. There's like a ginger. Is there a ginger element to Those it? Your next ones. Um, Ginger. Now, what meal would you have that would have all these things in there? I feel like I should be unveiling the bottle. Breakfast? Uh, no. First one was breakfast. This is lunch. Oh. So you already had bacon. Oh, that smell is pretty hideous. Does anybody want to make a guess? I keep going back for more you, tastings, even yeah. though I don't really like I'm, it. That is truly a funny yeah. soda. Yeah. I mean, it's the weirdest yeah. taste. What if I told you you were drinking enchilada? Okay. Enchilada. <laughs> that soda. actually does make sense. <laughs> I mean, cumin. y'all went through like paprika, cumin. Yeah. Cumin. That's what I'm tasting. Uh, it's cumin. Enchilada soda. Yeah. So Which one is the new one? It's, okay, it's the like new a combination of things. One for each of you right here. This is sample number C, which is how <laughs> the numeric the numeric alpha System. works. Uh, <laughs> sample C. What are you smelling? How it's we feeling? Oh. The problem is these glasses aren't clear. These, these you know, shot glasses. Is it like are corn on the cob? No, this. <laughs> oh no, it's like a this? cotton candy corn no, on the cob. Like <laughs> that, that wafer, that wafer candy. Oh my goodness! <laughs> hey, you know what? They also said. This is only made with MSG. What? Yeah. <laughs> that is really bad. There, Ooh. there isn't Ooh. a single natural ingredient in no, anything you've put in your mouth today. Not. That is wow. That's bad. Fake. That's pretty, is this like pretty bad? Is this the inside wrapper of a popcorn fake thing that you finish? Pretzel. Like, that's <laughs> holy. Cow. It's like a finished popcorn bag. That's what I'm tasting. You're, you're eating the bag. Burnt popcorn. Yeah, you're the drinking burnt the bag. popcorn with too bag. Too much old butter. Or yeah, like it. you go into a movie theater Ugh. to clean up after everybody's left, and you just lick the inside of one of those bags. You know, that's actually a part of your payment if you work there. The, the beer mat inside oh, of an old oh, popcorn bag. That's, that's, that's part a, of your payment. I did. I worked at a theater. I used to. Oh wait, that's because I'm smelling beer, diapers, and, and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's go back to where you started on on uh, Group C. Um, you were really close. What was your very first guess? Uh, corn on the cob was what I said. All right, I'm going to reveal C to you right now, so you can see that you got it right. It's sweet. Corn. Oh, and it has a picture that? of the cob. So Boom. sweet corn there on the cob. Go. Sweet corn soda. Fifteen points each. You missed the, the oh, enchilada. Yeah, the, the very first one, just so you can see that bacon is absolutely the primary ingredient bacon here. Soda. Where did you get these? With uh, maple syrup. This is my favorite store. This is actually what I feed my kids. ATB. That's what we're having tonight, kids. Enchiladas. Blah, 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 blah. Drink up. All right. Future. That's it for us here on the Beatitudes. We're going to be back on the bonus with Jeremy Robinson from Cardboard Spaceship, and we are going to enjoy our beer in between then. Until we see you next time, we'll see you in the Eucharist. God bless you all. Cheers. 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 Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to join us at our undersized table, subscribe to the video version of the show on YouTube by typing at, that's the symbol at, so shift and two on your keyboard, at the underscore Beatitudes on YouTube. We'll see you there.
This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.